We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So ESPN Sal Palantonio spoke very highly of the new look Ravens in a recent segment on Get Up, Sarah. Yeah, and he not only thinks that Baltimore can dethrone Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, we've actually have heard that from a few people, but he also feels that if Todd Munkin's newly implemented offense is going to run the way he thinks it is, he says it's going to shock the system for AFC North teams. I'm Bobby Trossett alongside my co-host Sarah Ellison. It is Wednesday, July 19th, and this is your morning Ravens update from Inside the Vault. Well, second-year outside linebacker David Ajabo, he missed a flight home back to Scotland, so instead he's working out in Baltimore, and he caught up with the lounge recently. And let me tell you, he's a super fun listen because the man absolutely exudes confidence. I'm looking forward to that. And plus, we got where Bears QB Justin Fields has not only himself, but also Lamar Jackson, where those two rank among all-time running QBs. We have all of that and more coming up. Thanks for waking up with the Morning Vault, where you get the most important Ravens news and our opinions in about 30 minutes. All right, Bobby. So we've all kind of caught, I put it up on Twitter, this uh, statement from Sal Pelantonio. They were doing a segment on just his, some of his predictions. It wasn't just about the Ravens. He came in strong. He's obviously been talking to people within the building. He has a relationship with John Harbaugh that goes all the way back to the Philadelphia days. So uh, I think through those conversations, he's getting super excited about the Ravens. And here's one of the predictions that he has for them. What is it you told us about Odell Beckham's new team, the Baltimore Ravens? Well, I think Zay Flowers, the addition of the Boston College rookie Zay Flowers. He's got speed. He's got toughness. He's got great hands. He's a great route runner. The Ravens are raving about Zay Flowers so far in OTAs. And he's somebody that I am going to be watching in my tour of training camps. I want to see how he opens things up for Odell Beckham Jr. I agree with Dan. I think 
OBJ could have a massive year because Zay Flowers will run those nine routes, will open up the safeties, open up the middle of the field, and Mark Andrews and Todd Munkin and that offense all about speed mm -hmm. and spacing and yep. pacing. Get the ball out yep. quickly. So what does it add up to for Baltimore? I think Baltimore has a shot to dethrone Kansas City as the AFC Super Bowl contender. So speed pacing and spacing. Did I hear that correctly? Say that 10 times fast. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> it does sound what we like what we've been hearing though, right? That just the the spacing, attacking everywhere on the field, getting the ball out quickly, all that kind of stuff, but Bobby, so that was a clip that <clears throat> ESPN put up on Twitter, but I actually listened to the there's actually different two different segments throughout the show, and the way he said it there uh, his prediction about the Ravens was a little bit less strong than the way he originally said it. So I just want to make sure that that in this segment, he says, I think the Ravens have a shot, right, to dethrone the Chiefs. But in an earlier segment, he said, I think the Ravens are the number one team to unseat the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC as the Super Bowl contenders. So because anybody can say, Oh, uh, yeah, they have a shot, right? They have a shot. No, in the earlier segment, he said, you know, I think they're the number one team to unseat it. So what was also interesting to me is in the in it was uh, in the same segment, but later on, they didn't put this in again. Clearly, he's been talking to the Ravens because he's he he says how much the Ravens love Zay Flowers. Right. So he said, as I mentioned up up front, that the way this new offense is going to once we see it unveiled in the regular season, he said it's going to, quote, shock. It's going to be a, quote, shock to the system to the rest of the AFC North. And then he likened it to when uh, Mike Vick teamed up with Chip Kelly again in Philadelphia after he'd been uh, with the Atlanta Falcons for so long. So that that part is kind of new, right? So I remember heading into the 2019 season it was John Harbaugh who said it. And so it made more headlines everywhere. But I remember he said, this offense is going to be revolutionary. Okay. And people kind of laughed. And as we look back, maybe people would laugh now, but again, that 2019 offense really did shock people took him forever to figure out how to like, I mean, the Ravens just bulldozed over people. The offense was unstoppable during the regular season in 2019. So it was a shock to the system for a lot of defenses. So if Sal Palantonio is correct, and we don't know till we see it, it, it tells me that he does expect things to look very different. Here in Baltimore, we've been downplaying how much there will be like an aerial attack because we kind of say here in Baltimore, all the reporters are kind of saying the same thing. It's kind of what Todd Munkin is, is Todd's like, listen, we have you can't control a team if you can't. You can't control a game if you can't run. So the, the phrase kind of being more used in local media is that Todd's just going to better marry the running game to the passing game. And so that doesn't feel shocking. So I'm interested to see once training camp does hit, and more importantly, once we hit the regular season, is it going to be a huge change like it was in 2019 where it does literally shock not just – an, an NFC team, but AFC North teams that know the Ravens extremely well. You're kind of bringing me back to, to that preseason, that summer heading into the 2019 season where a lot of this talk was, like you said, 
you know, the, the revolutionary element. And I think both in, in there, there's a similarity in the sense that there's this almost this theme of mysteriousness about what it was going to look like with Lamar, his first mm-hmm. full season as a starter with Greg Roman in 2019. And now, you know, four years later, what's Lamar going to look like in a pro style offense with the most amount of talent surrounded around him than he's had to date in the NFL with a new offensive coordinator that has a track record for getting it done through the air and having balance and having harmony and having all these things that we've talked about. We talked about that with Ingraven recently in an episode that's coming up on his channel. Hint, hint. That was great to catch up (laughs) with Ing earlier this week. I don't believe he's dropped it yet. So be on the lookout for that. But, but there is this, and it's funny. I didn't even think about any of this before we press record tonight, but as soon as you said revolutionary, Mm. it made me think like, we don't know what's coming this year. And we didn't necessarily know how they were going to dominate and bulldoze in 2019. Definitely not. But there is a similarity in the sense that, yeah, the AFC North, they know that the upgrades have been made and they know who Lamar Jackson is and they know who the playmakers are around him, but they don't know how this is all going to work. And and I think I just started kind of thinking about this out loud and that's kind of a cool element uh, that I hadn't previously thought about. Yeah, for sure. And and I, I know you're not saying this either. So just to be clear, I'm I don't think either one of us are saying that, that this offense is going to be revolutionary in terms of like, no, no. Uh, you know what I mean? Like it, it it's going to it's going to have passing. It's going to have rushing, all that kind of stuff. More just like to your point is it's like nobody knows what it's going to be. And that includes the Steelers defense. The you know the 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 Browns defense, all these guys, and by the way, the Ravens play all three of those teams within what like four or five weeks just to open the season, so they're not going to have a lot of film to kind of figure it all out. So yeah, yeah, that's what I that's what I thought was mo- the the biggest takeaway from from Sal Palantonio. One other thing from the segment, uh, Dan Orlovsky well, was actually a completely different segment. So they asked Dan Orlovsky, he just had three um, kind of predictions that he was having throughout the NFL. And so he came to one, this is a bold one too. So he predicted this one was with the Ravens. The other two had nothing to do with the Ravens. He predicted that Odell Beckham jr. Will not just go over 1000 yards this season but that he will go over 1,300 yards this season, which Bobby obviously implies that he plays all 17 unless he misses one or two and, you know, goes off on a few that's, you know, well over 100 yards. So the last time OBJ has done that was 2016. So Orlovsky clearly thinks that OBJ is going to have a major, major bounce back year. And as we heard from Sal Palantonio, he was – he was talking up your guy, Zay Flowers. <laughs> and and so it's just like, listen, I'm very hopeful for this wide receiver room. It's just never really happened in Baltimore. So it's tough. It's tough to say, oh, I predict a wide receiver is going to go in over 1,300 yards or that Zay's going to be like the key to a ton of this. So like you're hesitant to say it, but you hope they're right. That's the epitome of a bold prediction there from Orlovsky. <laughs> I, I would buy a thousand yards from OBJ. 
uh, for reasons that we've discussed recently. I think, you know, it's obviously a one year prove it deal. So combined with his personality and where a lot of his, you know, the, the coaching staff thinks he is, you know, post ACL and clearly the chemistry that he already has both on and off the f- football field with Lamar. I would buy a thousand yards. I think aside from Mark Andrews, he's going to walk in and be the number one target in Baltimore, but 1300 seems a little steep to me. I mean, there is, there still needs to be balance and you have guys like Zay and Rashad and likely, right. Just to name a few, that's not even, you know, mentioning the Aguilar's and uh, the Duvernay's. So they, they don't need Odell to be that guy. We've discussed that before, right? But can he end up becoming that guy? I think I think yes. I think he could absolutely put forth a thousand yards receiving. That's exactly what he needs in this one year prove it deal to kind of cement himself back uh, post ACL. All right. So shifting gears here a little bit, uh, moving over to to David Ajabo. So he recently did an interview with the guys over at the Lounge Podcast from it's the Ravens team podcast. And it, it's kind of funny because they kind of open it up. He wasn't even supposed to be in town yet, at, you know, at, at when they recorded this. I think they recorded it last week. But his his flight to Scotland, where, where he's from, was canceled. And so he's like, well, God didn't want me to go home, so I'm going to stay here and I'm going to get back to work. So I listened to the full interview and it's a fun interview. You can go over there and and listen to it. Bobby, there was no big, big news from it. But like my biggest takeaway, because we're still learning these rookies personalities. What I learned from it is that I love his personality. I, I, I just love it. So you can't listen to him. It's kind of like when we we when we had Roquan on. There is just a confidence that oozes. It just oozes out of Roquan Smith. And I think I'm already getting that from from Ojabo, who's still essentially a a rookie. And if he happens to have success, it's going to go to another level. It's for sure going to go to another level. People talk about all the time about the energy that he brings to practice. He is not quiet there. We haven't had a chance to, to, to hear that yet. So we're going to get it through. So I pulled a couple clips, uh, all kind of on this theme of him exuding confidence. So this first one, Garrett brings up the point, you know, he says, hey, everybody keeps asking us, who's the standout player? Who's that, who's the standout player from OTAs and the mandatory minicamp? And Garrett says to Ojabo, all of us, all of us are saying it to you. <laughs> you know, it's definitely you. And so Garrett asks Ojabo, well, if that's what we're seeing, how do you think it's going? Man, I just, I mean, it's my first time pretty much being full right. go. It's like your first time seeing you yeah, practice. exactly, exactly. So y'all, you know, all the coaches really getting a full glimpse of, you know, a hundred percent me. So, I mean, get used to it pretty much, you know. And, uh, there you go again <laughs> with your double warp speed, the way you listen to these podcasts as a mother. Oh no, is that double speed little, again? <laughs> you got small little windows of time, which we all respect, but I'm sitting over here probably with everybody else thinking, am I going crazy right now? Like... <laughs> I literally don't even notice it anymore. I only notice it if it's on regular speed. 
I cannot stand it. it to me, regular speed now sounds like the slow motion. Oh, I'm, sure it does. I'm sure it does. I'm sure it does. You know. Well, but you it's know too what? late now. There's no going back because what we're we promise now? everybody, right? Our new <laughs> format is is in about 30 minutes. Oh, it's gonna be in about 30 yeah. minutes this time, and, and that's <laughs> thanks to Sarah's cuts. So good stuff. Well, and what's gonna be hilarious is if people do listen to us on double speed, then they'll get you know, a jabo on double speed on double speed. So, Oh yeah. Um, okay. But My bad the point though. No, no, I get the point. Yeah. Though. David is, he's a, he's a cool cucumber. He should have said, get used to it. He's like, he's like, Oh yeah, this is the coach's first time of seeing me go be full go. So get used to it. Get used to me being the standout guy in every practice. Yeah. So that was the first one. Then the next one, Garrett asked him about his final year at Michigan, right? It's not like he was like this household name as a junior going into like his senior. I, I, I don't know if he played all four years, but you know, his, his last year. And on that last year, he just like breaks out double digit sacks. He's then heralded as a top 10 pick. And so Garrett asks him, he's like, did you have a feeling that was coming? Like, did you like, was there any sort of ink? <laughs> any sort of inkling and here he is on double speed well i knew you knew i knew one actually this is a, a very pivotal moment coach mike actually in one of our walkthroughs he pulled me to the side and said hey look come here he said we're gonna have fun you're gonna get 10 plus sacks and get out of here i just said all right say no more i swear he told me that quick and that was one of the few conversations we like really had where i was like, okay like there's a bigger vision to this and ever since then, i just trusted his vision because you know he don't he don't want to control so he already sees you know you know everything you know from high up so when he said that side right, cool like i know it's about to go down because you got to trust you know the coaches who trust you absolutely no hesitation no hesitation oh i knew I knew. And there were other parts where he talked about when he was in Scotland that he was more into basketball. He says, I believe in dreaming big. And, you know, I again thought of you when you started out your your content company and all that. And you brought me aboard. And I just love that. Like he would he would send um, high school basketball programs just like he said, a mixtape. He'd have his brother, you know, kind of record him doing these, you know, basketball plays and all that kind of stuff and sends it out. He's like, I just saw America as this land of opportunity to where I could actually be seen. And so, like, this is just his personality. It's like, yeah, get used to it. Yeah, I, I knew I'm going to be big. Okay, so then this is the last one. Garrett asks him, he's like, you know, I know that you're tired of talking about your injury. He's like, you know, Garrett asks him, well, how long did it take you to move past your injury mentally? Oh, no, nah, man. I, was, I told myself I was only going to cry once. And uh, that was as soon as I tore it. And then after that, uh, Coach Herb, my strength coach, shout out Coach Herb. Uh, <laughs> you know, he, he, he just taught me his mentality of, man, you just got to get it done, you know. All that emotion, you know, it really won't get it done. So how am I going to fix my keys? How am I going to get back? How am I going to uh, – you got to think progressively. You know, emotions don't really get things done, you feel me? So, uh, yeah, I, I was on it. I mean, I flew out the next day, got my surgery the next day. So within three days, I was back on the track to recovery. Interesting. You know, so – you just wanted to get – like, just you want, I just want to get it done. Just go. Come on, look, man, I ain't crying and sobbing and feeling bad for yourself. I won't fix the leg, you know, and that's just the harsh reality for some people. So I, I did my little crying, you know, and then I was like, how can I get back as quick as possible? And, you know, God willing, you know, I came back that same season. Right. You know, again, and I, I got my first sack, first first, first fumble, even first debut, all that. I came back and because uh, I got it done, I just I worked. It's inter it's interesting, like hearing your mindset on that. Because I even remember, like you would walk around the practice field with the boot on before, like when you first got here. Mm. And a lot of guys, like when they're hurt, like they're just not on the practice field, mm. like, they're rehabbing or whatever. Mm. But like it just, I, I remember seeing you out there for the first couple times, and it just seemed like you, like you knew where you wanted to get mm. to, and like just even being 
on the field mm. was like seen like that was something that was important to yeah, you. Yeah, man, look, you, you got to visualize it too, man. I didn't want to just, you know, sit back and, you know, kind of, again, like sob and feel bad for myself. Like, now I was up on that boot to the point where, you know, Coach Harvey was getting mad at the medical staff for letting me walk around so much. Uh, but I told him, that's what I want to do, man. You know, obviously with the safety protocol, right. I just want to be out there, be with the guys, you know, feel how it is to walk. Because if I'm being real, I was kind of in a cast for a little bit. I couldn't actually walk crutches. So as soon as I got in the boot, no, I was ready, man. I was ready. To, <laughs> if I could, I, I'll start running. But I, <laughs> I, I just did it the right way, you know. But I was just, just eager, man, you know, to, to get back to work. Awesome. I, I also like what you said. You know, this is the last injury question because mm-hmm. you said at, at during the off season, one, one of the press conferences, you're getting a bunch of questions like this, yeah. and you're like, I'm just done talking about it. I'm and tired, like, and your man. mind, your mindset, it, it's just kind of interesting to hear. Like, your mindset is looking forward. You're not looking in the past, mm-hmm. and you're carrying yourself that way. Like, you don't want to talk about it anymore. You want to just move past it. I'm tired of it, man. Like, I hear a guy that is comfortable in his skin, who's confident, yeah. who's also humble. Like, as much as this is sort of showing a different side of him these last few clips, like that that quiet confidence, I still think. He's got a lot of humility. He's a man of faith, mm-hmm. as we know. And so I, I find him to be just a cool, like I said, a, a cool cucumber. And all these, you know, predictions and speculation about what he can become, even though it is technically a rookie season. Let's not forget, the guy only played in a handful of college games before leaving, Sarah. He's only, I think, if I'm looking at this correctly, uh, on sport on a sports reference page here from from his Michigan days, he only played in 14 collegiate games. And and the coming out party was in 2021 when that Michigan Wolverine team almost went the distance. Yeah. And he was ferocious that year. I mean, that guy was unbelievable. 11 sacks, 12 tackles for loss, uh, 24 solo tackles. He was all over the field, five forced fumbles in 13 games. So, like, who's to say that even though that's, hey, that's a small sample size, and so far his NFL career is a small sample size, and who's to say it even matters because he's already proven he can do it at the highest of high levels in college. I know it's different, and the NFL is a different beast, but he showed us last year, especially with that strip sack, that he's, he's got the capabilities to do this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah. And Bobby, he talked about, I mean, to your point, there's not, there wasn't much before his final year at Michigan because he literally said he really didn't know much about football until he came to America. Like, he's like, he's like, I had heard about Tom Brady. And so I kind of knew about him, but he's like, I really didn't know about it until I came to America, which was in high school. And, but he again, still came to high school to play basketball. And it wasn't until Odafe Owe was like, Hey, come check this out. He's like, Oh, this is what football is. He's like, okay, I can, I can maybe do this. I, he said, he's still teaching his mom. He's like, his mom still is just like, she knows like sack and touchdown, not much more, you know? So, I mean, if he's able to do this much in such a little amount of time, who knows what his ceiling is, you know? And so when you combine his clearly just like raw physical talent that he has in order to just jump into this and dominate with this personality and mindset that I'm kind of highlighting. Like, like I, I just love it. It's always just like, what's next? What's next? What's next? I, and it just resonated with me. Cause I'm the same way. If something bad happens to me, I like to, I'm not embarrassed by it. I like to attack it, but I don't like to dwell on it. Yeah. Like, why are we talking about this? Like, why, why? If, if we've already solved it, we moved on. I don't need to talk about it anymore. I don't need to. And I actually don't even like telling a lot of people about problem things that happen to me that are bad because it's like, no, cause I don't, I don't need that. I, I unless I, unless like you can help me move forward. Like I just can't, I'll just keep it to the people who can help me attack the problem and then move forward. So anyway, I, I go over there, go over to the lounge, listen to the whole interview, but I'm definitely, I can't, I mean, we'll see. I, we just haven't seen a lot of how he plays, uh, but his personality is certainly easy to fall in love with. The last thing I'll say is that both David Ajabo and Adafi Owe, who were high school teammates for a while, pre-college, they both have talked about since they got to the NFL, how late bloomers Mm-hmm. They they were in a game, and so if you think about it that in that lens, like these these guys, not long before high school began, hadn't even touched a football, weren't even familiar with the sport of football. That shows you how quickly they've tried to gather and and learn and grow within this game in such a short amount of time. So, um, sky's the limit for Ajabo. Hopefully, Adafe finds something you know, in year three and takes a big leap because this is a huge, huge season coming up for him. Uh, But yeah, a a great conversation there from a guy who obviously there's some high expectations surrounding who would have been probably a bona fide top 15, top 10 pick two Aprils ago. Let's get to what Justin Fields had to say about the top running quarterbacks all time. Of course, he is the Chicago Bears QB, and he had a little something to say about himself and Lamar. Being a historian of the game, watching the game, mm-hmm. if you had to rank your top five quarterbacks in regards to running. In regards to running? Yeah. Uh, and you can throw yourself in the list too. Oh, I am. 
because I definitely think I am. Uh, okay, so start with Justin. He's in the top five. I'm running in the top five, no order, but I got to go with my boy Mike Vick. Yep. Um, got to go with Cam. Uh, Lamar, of course. Yeah. Me, and then final. Steve Young, too. Steve Young. Steve Young. Steve Shouts Young out to nice. Steve Young. Okay, yeah, I like nice that. Too. I like that. Courtesy of CBS Sports there. And, you know, part of me says he clearly got him off the cuff there, right? Like he, he caught yeah. him off guard. I don't believe he knew that question was coming. That's hard. When you have a microphone and a camera in play here, right? And and a guy asks you a question and you don't want to just be like, nah, I don't do that stuff. And you have to rattle off, you know, five names. Of course, you're too prideful not to, I mean, these Put are the 1%. Exactly. I mean, yeah. these guys are, you know, the 1% of the world, you know, professional athlete wise. So you're always going to put yourself. So I have some empathy there. Did not expect to see Steve Young in that top five. I know you don't mind seeing that whatsoever. <laughs> um, you're a big Steve Young gal, correct? Correct. That's a BYU guy. So, of course. So now that I actually, and we talked about this in the pre-show just slightly, uh, initially before you were telling me about it and I hadn't listened to it yet. And I was like, did he really, is that the order, you know, that he put it in? Yeah, and no. then I was like, I think he was just rattling off names. I think it's such a... No, nothing more, nothing less. Yeah, he he definitely wasn't. By the way, he put up one thousand one hundred forty three rushing yards last year. So I mean, which means, which means he was flirting with the all time single season record that Lamar holds from correct. nineteen. The previous one, of course, was Vic years ago. And if if Justin had, I think I don't think he played a full season. If I'm not mistaken, last year. Don't quote me on that, but. Point being, he was flirting with that record. He played all seven, 17 games. He did. He really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he played. Yeah, he's got stats. I got the PFF right in front of me here. He, he had 15 games, 15 starts. Meaning, he's got, if he plays a full season, he's got that but he's record. Got, he's got stats in all the games, though. I don't know if I'm reading it wrong or, or what here. So anyway, point being... Tons and tons of rushing yards, for sure. The difference between him and the guys he named is that the other guys have led their teams to winning records and some of them to deep into the playoffs. To me, it's not enough to be a quarterback that gets a lot of rushing yards. To me, you also have to... By the way, you're right. He, he, he's got 15 games and 15 starts. To me, you have to win. And I think that's, and, and don't get me wrong, like obviously winning is a team, it's a team stat, but if you had to pick one position that affects that team stat more than any other, it's the quarterback. And we've seen that with Lamar over the past two years, big time, massive, 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 big time. So anyway, I think he's got a, a ways to go. Last year, the Bears were three and 14. So, and obviously he missed two of those games, but anyway. Mad props to him. That is a massive amount of numbers. He he was. He was pushing Lamar's record. And, uh, you know, I hope he continues to flourish throughout his career. If he plays in those two games, that record's probably his. But but that 5-20 yeah. and 20 overall record as a starter so far through two early years, you know, that doesn't – that it hasn't translated for him yet. It's been right. a lot about what's been around him uh, or really a lack thereof in terms of what's been around him. But the Bears made big splashes – 
all off season long. And I expect them to be, I'm not sure, uh, you know, about a contender coming out of the NFC, but I, ex- I expect them to be respectable. And uh, I'm sure he'll be at the epicenter of, of whatever that looks like uh, this upcoming season. All right. Giants wide receiver Darius Slayton decided to speak up when there was a Twitter account at Bray do Bronx uh, on Twitter, who essentially compared Jalen Hurts to Tyrod Taylor in terms of, uh, I, I think they were basically trying to slight Jalen Hurts, comparing Tyrod's statistics to Jalen's. Now, Darius gets a hold of this, and, and that, that tweet, that original tweet, started to get some run. Well, Darius goes after it with a quote tweet and says, what we are not going to do is act like Ty is a bum. Only reason he isn't currently an NFL starter is because some idiot stabbed him in the lung. Now, if you're not familiar with what happened to, of course, Tyrod was drafted by the Ravens back in 2011 in the sixth round, spent several seasons with them. And if you're not familiar with what happened to him a few years ago, one of the chargers, he was in LA at the time, Tyrod was, and one of the team doctors accidentally punctured his lung while trying to administer a pain-killing injection for a cracked rib. I believe that happened on game day or right around it. And ever since then, he hasn't really been able to get back to, you know, consistently being a starter. It's a dang shame because he's a he's a, a great dude. He's been around the league for a very long time, like I said, since 2011. Uh, but it was nice to see, you know, Darius Slayton come out there and and kind of stick up for a guy who just had a terrible, terrible, unfortunate event happen to him uh, during the 2020 season. Jeez, man, we get so laser focused, at least I do, on Ravens coverage. It just takes up so much time that I miss some some news like that. Like, I don't know how I didn't know that story. That is bananas. All right, well, let's let's wrap this up. Just one last little quick hit here, and then we'll wrap this up. Real Analytics put up on Twitter some analytics on, on wide receiver Zay Flowers. Okay, and it says that due, with pl- player tracking data reveals that he has elite change of direction. Here, listen, look at this. He's in the 96th percentile in terms of change of direction ability. That is bananas. So he's got a high-end ability to create separation from defenders, it says. So his max speed is in the 88th percentile. The time to his max speed, that one's only 21st, uh, 21st percentile. Average yards of separation created, 76th percentile, and then average transition time, which is that change of, cha- change of direction, is 96th percentile. I, I don't know if I'm a cornerback <laughs> to deal with somebody who can just zig and zag all, all around the field, and he's so smooth while he does it too. So that will be fun to see how defenders stick to him. There seems to be a universal preseason obsession about Zay. Regionally, locally, nationally, you name it. I hope it translates. I hope his game does. We know Madden. We just covered that in in Wednesday's morning vault or Tuesday's morning vault. I don't know. All these days are getting jumbled. But uh, Madden has him ranked as the highest speed from all rookie wide receivers entering the the 2023 season. So good stuff there. As always, we wanted to shout out and thank two of our returning patrons who are supporting the show. 
through Patreon this month. So shout out Rick Henry and Matt DiMaggio. We appreciate you both for believing in what we're building here in Baltimore and beyond. And if you're interested in doing the same, you can check out what we're offering on Patreon by visiting patreon.com forward slash Ravens vault podcast, a little teaser coming up later this weekend on Saturday morning. So that will be Saturday, the 22nd of July. We'll have a featured conversation with rookie tackle out of Oregon, a sixth round draft pick Sala, big Sala. I actually got his name right during the interview, Sarah. Were you proud? (laughs) He even approved it, although he doesn't seem like a guy who would correct us if we were wrong. But I did think you did a good job. Hint, hint. He is a man of very few words, but a really (laughs) likable guy who just recently got married. So we talked about a number of different things, including where he's at as a, a potential candidate, according to his head coach, to be in the mix for starting left guard duties ahead of this upcoming season. So... Be on the lookout for that. Be on the lookout for more announcements next week when Sarah is in town. we got a lot coming up. We're glad you're with us. And for this Wednesday morning Vault Edition, I'm Bobby Trossett signing off. You'll hear from us on Thursday.